0: Greetings, boils and ghouls. You're listening to Crypt Creepers, the podcast where we resurrect and vivisect the greatest horror anthology of our generation, Tales from the Crypt. I'm Thomas Johnston, and with me, as always, is the victor to my Igor, my one and only sister, Mary Johnston.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I get to be victor?
0: Yeah, of course. I, I when I wrote it, I decided to be flattering to you. You are welcome.
1: <laughs> thank you. I feel I, just, I feel flattered.
0: It's just sibling love.
1: I feel Maybe like this be is the that, time uh,
0: that upsetting woman from uh, Young Frankenstein.
1: <laughs> oh no, thank you. I, I unless I can be the uh, opera singer, I would be her. Um, the. I, I, this is like the time where we're like, little alone fact, the monster is not named Frankenstein, <laughs> which is like, which is like the uh, correction, the number one correction Jones of Halloween.
0: Yeah, actually, I think it's like every dumb guy's favorite fact about Frankenstein. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Does every- Wait a minute. Does every dumb guy have a fa- have a favorite fact about oh, Frankenstein? You know, like
0: like like around like MMA gyms or something there's just lots of these like swole guys who are just like <laughs> fun fact, you know, Frankenstein isn't the monster, bro. And then they like <laughs> want to talk to you about pre-workout and like, you know, all the cannabis, all the all the CBD oil they're like rubbing on their bodies or whatever. So, so effortlessly uh, uh, sliding topics here. So of course this episode is about uh, is about a a what's the politically correct term for carny is it's about a, a a carnival worker who uh, well who 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 dies and is resurrected.
1: He's and a he's know, a he's a sideshow act. Carnival yeah. worker makes it sound like he's like carrying around the rusty <laughs> like, buckets of bolts that they did they forgot to attach yeah, to yeah, the he's, roller coaster. He's, he's the guy
0: who like he's the guy who like schleps around the corn dog oil or something. <laughs>
1: he's the he's the man who is fully blind who's like and I will build the roller coasters.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course, I. Uh, but but you know, I when you think about. These sorts of things. I think not many people have carnival experiences that are exactly like the one portrayed in the story we will be reviewing tonight, mostly because I don't know that it actually exists or ever existed. But certainly growing up in the great state of Texas, we did have the nearest thing I can think about was going to the rodeo. do you well, ha- the te- do you have any the
1: Texas and the texas state fair
0: right but i i vividly recall the rodeo but i do not vividly recall the texas state fair
1: Howdy, folks.
0: I know. I think that all... I, I, I. My hot take is I think all of your Texas State Fair memories are entirely created by watching too many episodes of King of the Hill and then backfilling them in as false memories.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that is a thing. A couple of Kavanaugh's. Some people... <laughs> Some
0: people, some people think they're abducted by aliens. You think you've gone to the Texas State Fair? <laughs> I
1: know that I've gone to the Texas <laughs> State Fair. What's your What's your main rodeo memory, Thomas? What, what What are your magic moments from the rodeo?
0: Oh man, I mean, like the, the things I vividly recall are not probably very exciting. I remember as a kid we, we were not allowed to like ride rides or um or like go into like um go into like freak shows and everything. And I remember like. This must be, like, the tail end of when you could have this stuff. Maybe not. Like, there definitely were freak shows where it was like, come in and see the amazing fish man. And there would like, be, like, a weird, like, Creature from the Black Lagoon-esque, like, like you know, airbrushed sign up. I also definitely remember dunking booths with, like, clown with, with, as I recall it, a clown who would casually verbally abuse the people walking past.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, like, part of it. That's so you can get good and mad so it feels good when you watch them get dunked. No one wants to see a virtuous person get dunked. Everyone wants but, to see an old, nasty, bad clown
0: <laughs> take the but drink. Really, but really, the things that, I mean, I remember, and I remember, like, seeing the, cl- seeing the, the clowns. <laughs> I remember seeing the clowns <laughs> in their cages. No, I remember seeing the, like, I the animals, the, the livestock. in their the,
1: cages. The Wait, the I want to go back to section. dunking Booths for a second. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Stop monologuing. So... <laughs> I, mean, I do like the idea of the casual abuse, but you know there has to be like some sort of gentle line. Like,
0: like no, the clown... if I recall correctly, these clowns were mean. Like, I don't remember there being yeah. any. This is my memory. This is yeah, my memory. Yeah, but he can't be like, I mean, like, memory. it's it, it's
1: it's it's closer than being like, you're a real flat soda, pal, than it is like, hey, ugly, I hate you.
0: No, I feel like it was like that. And probably there was homophobia cuz it was the past.
1: Yeah, probably. I feel like it was more like, "Hey, man, walking no, with, no, that, no. Actually, with that with that diz, dizzy blonde. Come over here no, and no. try your rubber def- band here's, arms."
0: Here's what I definitely do remember. I remember hearing the clown saying mean stuff and like stuff I didn't understand and mom like hustling me the hell away from there. So like <laughs> What do you
1: think I'm, that clown was saying? It was Texas. Well, I think it's also time for us to reveal a deep truth about ourselves. To our audience. Okay. You and I both have carny blood coursing through our veins. Wait, really? Yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Am I revealing a truth about you that you didn't previously know? We have carny blood a couple different ways. Number one, our grandma was a gypsy. Aroma. Wait, Wait who? Our no no. Our like one of our like great 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 grandmas. Was On our mother's side was a Roma, so like Mm -hmm. the ultimate of carny folk. And then our great-uncle John one day, living in Cleveland, Ohio, hopped on his bicycle, which had no brakes, fixie for life, and uh, biked all the way down to Florida to be the guy who fixed games at carnivals so they're not winnable.
0: Wait, I thought he was a house painter.
1: He was that, too, and an alcoholic. But turns out none of those things are mutually exclusive to being a carnival worker. In fact, I think they quite help.
0: Mary, we're going to get so many angry emails.
1: <laughs> do, do you think that... Do you, wait, do you People think... People like, going to
0: be like, dear, dear Crypt Creepers. <laughs> you, you you know, you have slandered the good name of carnival ride operators for the last time. I come from a proud lineage of merry-go-round assemblers.
1: <laughs> you know what I would say? So do we. All right. <laughs>
0: man, Danny Elfman couldn't have done it better himself.
1: Oh, wait, I don't even know why anyone pays Danny Elfman when I will do this for absolutely free.
0: So today... Today we are we are discussing the third episode of the first season of Tales from the Crypt. Dig that cat? He's real gone. <laughs> this is a story about Ulrich, who is just a drunk bum on the street until he meets Dr. Emile Manfred, who hooks him up with some experimental surgery and puts a gland in his neck from a cat that gives him nine lives. And... The surgery works and he uh, they do the thing that any sane and rational person would do. They decide to make some money from from Ulrich's multiple lives, mostly through the venue of becoming a carnival curiosity. And he gleefully uh, is killed multiple times in front of audiences, uh, increasing um, size and elaborateness for increasing amounts of money. And he does immoral things along the way. He, He murders the doctor uh, using via suicide, um, and he is double-crossed by his lover, who kills him and escapes with some of his money. And in the end, the whole thing is narrated um, uh, by Ulrich, um, for, while he's laying in this coffin. He's been bar- he's, they're going to bury him alive for 12 hours, and then dig up his body, and then he will resurrect himself. And this is his this is his final. This is his final resurrection. He's, he's figured it out. This is going to be the last life, and it's going to be his big payday, and then he can retire and you know just be like a normal dude, I guess. Um, but he realizes uh, quite theatrically that he's miscounted and didn't take into account that the cat actually used one of the lives since it was killed uh, in the process of giving him the feline resurrection gland. And so he's 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 in, you know, he's in the coffin. He realizes he doesn't have any more lives. He's screaming. He's yelling. And the people outside are, uh, you know, hear it and think it's just part of the show. And uh, they, they, they leave him to die in the ground. <laughs>
1: yep, yeah, horrifying. So this is directed by Richard Donner, who is um, anthology horror creep show royalty, in that he did multiple episodes of The Twilight Zone in the 60s. Well, that's kind of oh, cool. cool. That is cool. Um, and then he basically kind of, like, toiled in, I would say, like, like um, glamorous, but, like, like, working man's television. He did, like, some Gilligan's Island. He did some The Man from U.N.C.L.E., like, that kind of thing. And then suddenly, without warning, he's directing Gregory Peck in The Omen. Like, that's, like, his breakthrough. Like, he does, like, he does, like, basic, weird, like, highly syndicated television and then suddenly rockets into the omen, then immediately dives into Christopher Reeve's Superman and directs a bunch of those. From there, from there, he starts his love affair with uh, a little fellow named Mel Gibson. He directs a bunch of, he uh, directs the first and then the subsequent Lethal Weapon movies. Cool. Then he dips down into Children's Fair with The Goonies, dips back out of that decidedly with um, a movie that you hate, Scrooged.
0: <laughs> oh, that movie is so bad. Fight me.
1: <laughs> and then comes back down into your good graces by directing your favorite movie of all time and reuniting him with his favorite boy, uh, Mel Gibson, with Maverick.
0: Oh, <laughs> I do love Maverick. i was just teasing. <laughs> Talking about te- a bunch of grown men in, like, <laughs> vests being like, I am just teasing. <laughs>
1: teasing and doing oh, tricks shots guy, this with guy, card tricks. I mean,
0: basically what it comes down to is this guy made every, like, halfway sort of mediocre but sort of great movie from the 80s.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say that this guy is basically three and a half stars Donner. Dick yeah, three yeah, and a half stars Donner <laughs> is what I would call him. Yeah. <laughs> He also, yes. you and I will get a chance to talk about him again because he's going to do at least two more episodes of Tales from the Crypt and oh, awesome. then um, and then comes back around for Two Fisted Tales and then comes back around for the cartoon version of Tales from the Crypt.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, that's great. Those, those tales from the Crypt Keeper.
1: Yep, indeed, indeed.
0: Do you think they intentionally named it so it's sort of confusing so, like, parents could be confused about which show their child was talking about watching? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's the one for kids, Tales from the Crypt Keeper, not Tales from the Crypt.
1: I like the idea that more it's like, well, Tales from the Crypt, that sounds really sinister. Tales you'd find in a crypt, scary. Tales from a Crypt Keeper, that's a guy. That's he can like tell you a goofy old story. Dude in the graveyard telling stories. Fine, fine, fine. As long as you know exactly where the stories are coming from out of a Crypt Keeper's mouth, then you're fine.
0: <laughs> here's the thing. Here's Actually, here's, here's a digression. So when you watch this show, do you feel like, does the crypt keeper, is he like writing and making these stories up? Is he just reading them out of that weird book he has? Like, 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 I, I who think he's authored like, these stories? I is would... he like,
1: hey, you're in my crypt. How about I read you some stories? Well, f- I, I think it is that, but I think it's almost like a Walter Cronkite sort of thing. He is driven to deliver the news from the crypt. He <laughs>
0: what is, what was, <laughs> dig that cat. He's real, gone.
1: <laughs> he uh, he ends, yeah, I mean, like, he didn't have, he decided to mix it up, though, and deliver puns as opposed to good night and good luck. <laughs> 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 he's uh, he's like the voice of a creepy generation. I don't know. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's getting the people where they need to go. Um, so then we have um, Joe, I'm so sorry I'm about to butcher your last name, but it's too funny to butcher it in this way. Pantolano?
0: I think it's like Pantoliano or something.
1: Joe Pantoliano, Joe um, Pantoliano, as Yurik, who uh, his most he's probably the most famous for um, times where he was being extraordinarily Weasley in the proximity of Carrie Ann Moss, because yeah. he's Teddy in Memento, who's like the guy that like right. eventually has been like you I'm G. your best friend, but actually I've been stringing you along. I've been helping you kill people for forever.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, then Guy Pierce is like. Do I dare fool myself? And he does. And, and he, he
1: does him. dare. And then yeah. he has to die. And no, no, then, th- oh, go ahead. Oh, and then Cipher in the Matrix, who, aka the guy who sells everybody else out for fake for fake computer robot steak.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's also Ralph in uh, the Sopranos. You know, uh, I never watched friends. the Sopranos. Oh no, he's he's in Ralph. He's he's. Is he he's extra Weasley? He's uh he's. The man who's like a great earner, but he's also kind of a psychopath, and he like like beats him to Oh, he's a, a wild. And, he's
1: like a wild man. Is Carrie but, Ann Moss in it? Does can uh, he do I don't that? So. Maybe she's yeah. like a tempering effect.
0: You know what else is great about this guy? This guy is great. He's this character like all over the place. Um, he's also in. Um, he's also in Bound. He's uh, um, uh, Jennifer Tilly's boyfriend in the uh, Wachowski sin- uh, sibling film. Um, Bound, the one that where Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon, the B movie queen, are um, at least bisexual lovers and try to like double cross the mob. You ever seen this movie?
1: I've never seen this movie. Uh, that sounds wild.
0: Yeah, we got to see it. It's 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 it it is so wild. A also, couple of a couple also, of
1: siblings making watching a movie made <laughs> by, a by another deeply couple erotic
0: of s- lesbian movie. Yes,
1: <laughs> but L- but made just, by another say, couple of siblings.
0: <laughs> this this movie came out in like 1996. So let's just say that like whenever whenever I could watch it on like stars or, you know, Bravo, or not Bravo, on like stars or whatever cut rate movie plan package we had, it was definitely like,
1: yes. Wow. Wow. Hi, mom and dad. Um, yeah. So and then um, and then we have the guy who I think basically steals the show in this mm-hmm. Robert Wool, who is the carnival barker, simply known as Barker. And this guy you think that's his
0: name. <laughs> <laughs> Barker Barker.
1: <laughs> maybe this is like the thing where if your last name is Baker, you're more likely to become a Baker. Yeah, they yeah, were named like... him they named him Barker Barker, so you know. Yeah. His like his name's like Alex P. Barker.
0: Yeah, and this guy as a result I, I don't know if it's a result of this performance, but he then he had a he had a uh, relatively long running um sort of Sitcom called Arlis, where he's a sports agent that ran on HBO. Sort of after this, in like the early days, sort of pre Sopranos, post TFTC of HBO. For,
1: for more mainstream audience, also he's Alexander Knox, who's like the obnoxious journalist who's like, I've heard Batman drinks blood in the in the nineteen eighty nine Batman, which means that oh. he was like doing that at the same time that he was making Tales from the Crypt, which must have been like a bizarre experience.
0: Yeah. This guy is great. This guy is is like a weird. He's sort of like if Penn Gillette. And this is this is going out to all you Houston, Texas art fans. And uh, Mark Kistler of the Draw Squad made yeah. love and had a baby. They would yeah. be Robert Willis Barker.
1: <laughs> I would agree with that. That's yeah. a, that's a compliment. Um, I mean, and, not
0: the Penn Gillette part, but.
1: And then, bless you, Thomas. You were the one who discovered this. Would you like to tell people about <laughs> Michael Bauer?
0: Sure. So, Michael Bauer is in this episode, uh, of course, well known to everyone. He plays Junior. But he is a child actor, and he was Donkey Lips in Salute Your Shorts.
1: <laughs> That's actually kind of the great thing. I don't know, like, obviously, there are like plenty of child actors, but I feel like if you're a kid actor, you're more likely to be like kind of like in a Dick Donner situation where you're kind of in a little bit of everything. Like, mm-hmm. Salute Your Shorts, Tales from the Crypt, whatever. I mean, whatever.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Do
1: you do you like that I'm ca- insisting on calling Richard Donner Dick Donner? <laughs> <laughs> it's more casual.
0: I think he probably would appreciate
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Donner, friend of the uh, show. Unless
0: unless, 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 Mr. Richard Donner, unless you don't appreciate it, feel free to direct all angry emails to my sister. And we would. Are be you happy. more of a we would, rich? We would love Donner? to have you on an episode, sir. Respectfully, you... sir, Mister oh, Mister Richard, Mister oh, Donner. Oh man!
1: Oh man! <laughs> Make Mr. sure you dick. make sure you don't get pink eye while you're up there.
0: <laughs>
1: um, he might be a rich Donner. Yeah, a rich dick Donner. <laughs> that seems that seems impo- like especially likely considering he was attached to the Goonies.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But yeah, so this is a this is an interesting kind of grab bag of people, which I think is like very very much what we're finding with Tales from the Crypt. You have kind of these like. These sort of like unbelievably kind of famous people doing stuff that they wouldn't normally ever get a chance to do, which is uh make like a weird little campy um short that could be expanded into a, a lifetime original movie if it contained a molesting principal or and a single mother.
0: Yeah. This the, the I would say that of the episodes we watched so far, this is obviously the goofiest. Like there's a this this is literally cartoonish in the energy that it has. Um the, uh, the characters, I mean, right, so, so Ulrich is is the character that uh, Joe uh, Pantoliano is in every movie that he's ever been in where he's just sort of like – sort of a dickish, vaguely Italian, weaselly man. Um, the Barker is over the top. He has increasingly – Bizarre facial hair and crazy clothing um, throughout, and it has that sort of you know roll up, roll up kind of fast patter. I like it when he talks to the the sailor, and he's like, "A man of the sea, step up here, admiral! Come on, come on!" And then when the guy doesn't have the money to pay to shoot Ulrich with a crossbow, he's like, "Take a hike, Popeye!"
1: <laughs> I did like that. He Pull up him- anchor,
0: or whatever he says. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, there are a couple other characters actually. It's sort of weird. This is like the first, also the first episode that really isn't. That really isn't just sort of a one man show. Um, Ulrich's girlfriend Coralie um, is 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 a sort of uh, what do you call these people? She's like a magician's assistant or like a show. She's a sort lovely of?
1: assistant.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she she has this like this like impossible sort of helium voice, and they like go out of the way to make her seem really dumb. Uh, at one point, she means to pull out a knife, but she pulls out a comb. Uh, at another point, she can't read them. are they're, they're, they're raffling off a chance to electrocute Ulrich to death. Um, and uh, she can't like read the numbers off the card correctly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was pretty wild. I mean, maybe then, she just maybe she just can't see very well maybe, because maybe. because yeah. she did seem to have like savvy and flair when she was paying off that cop who was like, you can't just take control of this guy's body. So a reoccurring joke or bit and problem with this is Oreck will die. Right. For entertainment. And then sure. apparently this whole group will just kind of wait around a couple hours while he like waits to regenerate. And sometimes the authorities are called by who I do not know. And right. they show up and they do not want to let Yurik do that because they think he, he is dead. So there's a scene where Coralie like has to pay off a cop who looks every bit like sort of like a like a doofy um, Bobo. Oh, man, what's his name? And this is not even important. But I just like where she's like – where the, the cop's are like, this is more than my whole year's salary. And she's like, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. And then,
0: and then Emil Manfred is played by uh, Gustav Vintas, who I didn't look up what he did. But this guy is like the classic like German doctor or like Nazi scientist. Like he just like – you know he's like one monocle and like a weird cigarette away from being a spy for the Third Reich. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, this has some pretty cartoonish characters in it. Um, I, 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 to return to what you were talking about earlier, I, I do feel like they don't understand how, like, dying spectacles work. Because another sort of conceit of this is they don't always know how long it'll take for Ulrich to resurrect. Like, the first time they try it out, they put him in this drowning tank. So they put him in this tank. They fill it full of water. He dies. And then they say, we're going to keep it full for a full hour. So, presumably, all these people who have paid are, like, standing around this tent for an hour watching Ulrich be dead. Then they drain the water, and they're like, resurrection, and nothing happens. (laughs) Resurrection. Come on, man. You're killing me here. Resurrection. And all the people are like, well, this was lame. We just watched a guy die. And they file out. And then Ulrich wakes up, and everybody comes back, and hooray, he's alive. You know, So, like, I, I feel like they don't understand how, like, spectacles work. You know, his final trick is that he's buried for 12 hours, buried alive for 12 hours. Are those people standing around like watching The
1: Coffin for 12 hours? Maybe it's like Burning Man. Maybe they all go back to their tents and like get naked and do drugs and then they come back in the morning to see what's happened.
0: Do you know what I mean, though? Like, like I feel it's, like they c- don't it's understand. Commitment. How, like, it's
1: commitment. It's major commitment to a show. I, I Yeah, I, I would agree. But I think that that's really more about... I mean, I think that the thing that this is trying to do is trying to point out how grisly it is that this audience is so eager to see a man die, and yeah, like and, the, and making violence again, uh, like violence and killing a spectacle is like it, the boogeyman of this episode.
0: Oh, for sure, and you know, right? We we don't. It, it's 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 explained sort of loosely. Um, I do like it when. Um, Dr. Manfred approaches Ulrich, who we see, like, drunk in the gutter at the beginning. Like, just, you know, being a drunk hobo like you do. And he says he says to him, he's, like, trolling around for drugs, I guess. And he says, how would you like to be rich? And you just know that when someone says that to you, you don't want to do whatever it is they want you to do.
1: <laughs> he also, like, sprinkles something. Like, he sprinkles booze on him while he says it and makes, um, and, makes, like, and Ulrich, like, licks it off himself as if he's an animal. It's a tough scene.
0: And he um, takes him back. He takes him back to his laboratory. Which did you notice that in Doctor Manfred's laboratory there is like a bed that presumably he also sleeps in?
1: I think that Manfred is really married to his work.
0: Yeah, that's, it's so much so that like you know once he puts this cat gland that he explains into Ulrich, he does not immediately like write it up in the New England Journal of Medicine or like win a Nobel Prize for no, like no. literally creating. He he's gonna like farm him out to some carnies He's and gonna collect sixty take- percent for his yeah, longevity he's, research
1: he's gonna take he's gonna take um he's gonna take a a, a small a, a small majority percentage on the box office take of a two- bit carnival
0: oh the only person he's ever done this to or, or i guess we don't know that but like of the only per- active person that we think he has going like this
1: he's Did not like- he's not talked to the barker about this guy before though
0: Right, 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 right. He might. So, so
1: maybe this, maybe this town is quite spoiled for two-bit flea-bitten carnivals.
0: Yeah, did did you notice that Ork says something when he when he wakes up? He's like, "Oh, I have a heck of a hangover," and he says, "You didn't tell me you shaved my head," and like you can see that he has his hair, so like definitely he did not shave his head.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he has like a little tonsure at the top of his head.
0: But I mean, it's I guess in the back, and um, it's because he he was
1: used to being a cat. He's like, "You shaved my whole body except my head."
0: So, so Ulrich, I, I, Ulrich then is like, did it work? And, like, without missing a beat, Manfred. Uh, Dr. Manfred is like, well, let's find out. And he whips. Did you notice? It's a Luger, of course. The well, only kind of gun a German. Nazi would use. Yeah. Like, like, out of his surgical scrubs. So it was, like, packing during the case. He, like, whips it out and just cold shoots him in the head. Um, I, I do wonder how this works. So, right, like, we know that apparently there's this gland that cats have that give them nine lives. And, like, it, like, brings you back to life like what happens to that bullet that's lodged in Ulrich's brain
1: who can say what I, I do want to what what I do want to say is oftentimes they'll be right like you'll watch a piece of media and you'll be like want I want to know, like, more about that side character. I would love to see what Dr. Emil Manford's, like, family practice is like. <laughs> like, whatever the front is. So, like, he, like, whips yeah, out yeah. a Luger, shoots this guy, like, sticks it back in his pocket, then goes out and, be like, and is like, oh, ho, ho, is there a monkey in your ear? To, like, let a look, sad... Let me
0: look, little little <laughs> kinder kook.
1: <laughs> yeah, to, like, a sad <laughs> kinder kook who's, like, got an ear infection. Like, I yeah. want to know who... I... Doctor Manford practices actual medicine on. Like, yes. does he have a luger in his pocket and then a bunch of lollipops on the other one? That's amazing. Well, I mean, this
0: guy can do brain surgery not just on a cat, but also on a man. And he also doesn't seem to have like an anesthesiologist or anything either. Also, Ulrich doesn't have any visible IVs, so presumably all the all the medicine is given like magically.
1: Well, maybe maybe he's like quite advanced. Or I mean, like what you he also have
0: lives to- in his own OR. Also next to those racks of, like, beakers and stuff. So, like, I think he's Emil com- Manfred might be on some, like, rough times.
1: <laughs> he's committed to his work. That doesn't mean, I mean, <laughs> maybe he's got a lot of alimony payments. And yeah, so probably, he
0: can- he's got, like, four divorces and, like, a Maserati and Hawk or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Although yeah. we see him, they drive, like, a, he drives, like, a Volvo or something.
1: I mean, he's got kids, I think. <laughs> I think. You think so? Yeah. Like- <laughs> He's like, he, he, yeah, if you like open up his fridge, it's like full of cat glands and then also like a big bag of orange slices for when he when he when he picks up little when he picks up uh, his little child from soccer. Of course, yeah, maybe Um, I will say, though, that they are quite good at coming up with ways to entertain you with watching uh Yorick die.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Did you did, did you also like all the goofy shaped wipes they do like like they'll do like a wipe and it's a star shape and like a swirl and stuff like that I noticed that.
1: Yeah, this, I this, think I th- think that piece, I think that I think that Dick Donner was really having some fun in the editing room.
0: I would say this Dick Donner was having fun in the editing room but this one does not look this is the least cinematic looking of the ones we've seen before. Like this definitely just looks like a goofy episode of a TV show. Like he's really using his Gilligan's Island uh I mean it looks better than that but this 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 is the least cinematic I think of the ones we've seen so far. Would you agree?
1: I would agree with that. I think that but I think it also kind of plays into um, there is like a there is an element of Tales from the Crypt that almost exists within uh, like you know, it's like the whole episode takes place in the uh, in the opening the opening credits of the outer limits. Like, it's just sort of, like, misty and, like, nebulous and, like, time isn't really real and places aren't really real. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's a little, it's a little bit surreal, but, like, not in a way that's upsetting. It's just kind of it, – it's surreal in the same way that, like, it takes place in a carnival and there's mist so we don't have to show things. and There's only, like, three sets. And...
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think that yeah, that's yeah, – and, and, yeah. and actually I think that's kind of bread and butter for, for you know, these anthology series because they oh, can't sure. – you know, they can't, like – really go all out so there are like a lot there is a lot of mist being thrown around but it kind of lives in this like floaty place of like fantastical mid-century that never existed right like sneaking under carnival tents and stuff and then And and then tampering that with like a big old a big old jute of uh like late 80s early 90s grit and excess where like you know.
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. This. This. This seems to exist. This. This really speaks to that weird, like, doubly retro thing where it's like clearly of the '80s, but also is like clearly of the '50s, where like you know, carnivals and carnival barkers are still like. Does this posit some sort of alternate reality where carnivals are still like a major form of entertainment? Like.
1: Also, like there can be like a sailor who's just wandering around in his sailing fatigues.
0: And and you don't get in trouble for disrespecting the troops by calling him Admiral and Popeye.
1: <laughs> Is it disrespectful to call a Navy man Popeye?
0: I I, I don't know. Let's find out.
1: <laughs> Let's not. Um.
0: Did you like that we learned that Ulrich's penis has a name? Do you remember
1: it, Mister Friendly? Which I feel yes. like was like the like a common thing in the nineties. No.
0: I don't know what you mean, like, naming your penis or your penis being named Mr. Friendly?
1: I feel like the term Mr. Friendly to describe a penis was, like, very common in the 90s and, like, is very upsetting to think about in, in retrospect. I, mean, maybe
0: I do like I do like that Coraline, Coralie at one point is like, I want to meet Mr. Friendly. And you're like, hey, 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 gross. But then after she stabs Ulrich to make off of his money, she's like,
1: bye, Mr. Friendly. I mean, Coralie's no <laughs> fool. I she's... Mean-
0: Mary, she is a fool. She is shown to be foolish and of low IQ. Also, she decides to murder a man who she knows can come back from the dead. He doesn't like, catch like, her, though. I know, I know. Which also kind of doesn't make sense. Like, if you like you wanted to go, like, real creepy tales for the crypt, he could, like, exact terrible revenge on her. She knifes she him, and he's dead for, like, 15 seconds.
1: Yeah, well. Resurrection! Okay. It worked. She got away with, like, all of his... Tens of thousands of
0: dollars. Yeah, $60,000. <laughs> which,
1: <laughs> which is which I, which he's, I
0: looked up. I put it in one of those like, uh, you know, inflation calculators. That's like 120 grand.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is not, you know, nothing to sneeze at. But I would like to say that I'm not sure that I would I would bank right. my entire life on that money.
0: Um, I also uh, I also think it's kind of funny that like the ways that he's killed. So he the first time. So right. The first time he is shot by Dr. Manfred in, mm-hmm. in his lab. Then he is drowned in a drowning tank. It's clear. Okay. Then he is he is. Do you hung. think he?
1: Do you think he yelled? Or, pardon
0: me. He is hanged.
1: Do you think he yelled personal comments at someone before he got uh, put in that uh, that murderous dunking booth?
0: Uh, I don't think it's not a dunking booth though. It's just like a it's just like a big big clear cylinder that they fill with water. But Fine. he's then he's then he's in, hanged, yes. and, Cor, and Coralie Lee is supposed to pull the lever, and she doesn't want to, so he kind of pulls it and hangs, it, hangs himself. Then he decides that he's mad about Dr. Uh, Manfred's percentage. So he sort of, it, it, it largely happens off screen, but he dri- he's driving a car with Manfred in the, and uh, basically intentionally causes a fatal car wreck so that Manfred will die, but he will be able to resurrect himself. Then he's electrocuted, and that's carried out by a member of the audience who wins a raffle. And it's an old lady in this speaks to like a certain time when people were like, Sweary old ladies are great, where they're like, Are you ready, ma'am? And she's like, You bet your ass I am, you know. Then he is crossbowed. He uh he is shot by audience members who are paying a thousand dollars for a chance to shoot him with a crossbow or shoot at him with a crossbow. Then Coralie knifes him and then at last he is buried alive. So by my count, that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight distinct deaths. Uh and, you know, right. And he, so he's buried in the coffin and, you know, comes to his senses, right? So presumably with the cat dying for the surgery, that would be one life at the beginning. Do you agree so far?
1: Yes, but I feel like I'm like watching yeah, you play I'm a game of counting, uh, of, so ca- of counting three card Monty. Here's the deal.
0: Here's the deal. So you get nine lives. So a cat has nine lives, which means a cat has eight resurrections, right? So this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven resurrections ate from the buried, the cat didn't come back from the dead, so it didn't get resurrected. So does he still get another life but from the resurrection he, gland?
1: But he was resurrected from surgery, as you pointed out, no uh, IVs, no anesthetic. I mean, maybe,
0: but if that's the case, it's not because the cat, like, yeah, th- maybe, maybe, maybe there's a secret death in there, but I'm just saying that the cat didn't come back from the dead. So, actually, so I understand the, like, nine lives thing, but, like, the cat died. It didn't. It didn't use its resurrect- resurrection gland.
1: Well, to be fair, he could die twice in that coffin.
0: Right. Well, that's the other, yeah. The, it, it it does work under like magical logic. <laughs> they seem yeah like or when he drown when he's in the drowning tank, they leave him in there for an hour. Like, why? What if he comes back to life right away?
1: Yeah. They uh. They, they both have a very good handle and a very bad handle on how long all this is going to take.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's good. It, but so. Even though this is a sensibly horror show, I don't feel that. I, I never felt horrified during this or scared. Like, it's just goofy.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of Tales from the Crypt. I mean, I think that the thing we're supposed yeah, to. Yeah. The thing. I think that the true horror is the horror within, which is, you know.
0: Yeah, all these people increasingly larger and larger crowds like want to take a e more and more actively. They kind of they kind of lose that with the buried alive cuz I like the escalation of like it goes from being like one of you random people will kill him in an indirect way to like one of you gets to kill him directly. Um and that but like buried alive doesn't really work with that. You know, it's that's, not.
1: That's true. I, I would no. agree with that. I mean, I think it's more of, um, but I think it does play nicely with kind of, so I think this is like a meta criticism about what it's like for us, to, us the actual viewers to watch mm-hmm. this, right? So we get to be, we, we're we kind of increasingly horrified to see bigger and bigger crowds who want to pay thousands of dollars. Meanwhile, you and I have paid for DVDs and people in the past were paying for premium cable to see right. this as well. Sure, um, sure, sure. And I think that the the kind of the end line that uh, is exchanged between two grave diggers, the people who like buried Yurik, mm-hmm. are saying they say, like, one guy is like, Do you think he'll make it out? And the other guy's like, Yeah, of course. It's always, it's all tricks. It's none of this is real. And then there's like a, there's like, you're screaming in this coffin and they kind of like shrug it off and then it goes to black.
0: Well, I think what they say is something like, Do you hear that? And he goes, Ah, it's probably just a cat. It's
1: probably just. Right. But I think at the end, the viewing audience is asked directly by these gravediggers, does does viewing this kind of thing affect us or or make us monstrous even if it is truly tricks which is what we know and believe about yeah. what's happening here
0: no i, I and, and it's very direct i mean at one point there's mention that like hbo is 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 bankrolling some of this you know big elbow in the ribs
1: right yeah no it's not subtle but i i do think that it is it's kind of like it's kind of a point well yeah, taken yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, an yeah, interesting right. it's an interesting casing for for this ghoulish little tale,
0: yeah, I think uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. The, the, there is a lot of hilarious, goofy dialogue in this. Like Ulrich says a lot of stuff where it's like, "I tell you what, Doc, all this dying is killing me," you know, and uh,
1: all this dying is p- taking years off, my, off life. my
0: life. Yeah, yeah. And there's the, the time when he gets um, one. Every gets electrocuted. Apparently, it takes him an extra long time to come back to life from that. So he's actually in a morgue. And the uh, the mortician, or, or or I guess maybe it's a pathologist, going to do an autopsy. I don't know. Um, leans down to a different person, like a different body on a gurney, and says something like "Thank you for your business." And then like <laughs> fall, like then then has like comedic pratfall when Ulrich comes back to life, and the Barker and Coralie, and like it looks like like the Washington press corps like busts in to take pictures of him.
1: <laughs> and a brass band.
0: On yeah, 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 right. Like like it's, un- it's yeah it's it's so over the top um the, the I do wonder like why didn't they use some carny trickery like I get it like Ulrich could come back to life, but like they could do like fake omeko stuff and he just happens to have sort of a safety net like in case like the like like you know when they electrocute him like it's it's not i I guess you know right they can't like dismember him or something because presumably maybe then like the cat gland won't bring him back to life you know so or or maybe they'll bring him back to life with like no arm or something you know he doesn't want that. But they could they could fake some of this up out, out and get, get, get a couple more uh, get a couple more lives out of this dude.
1: Yeah, you would think so. I mean, I I don't know but then but then you the story would take twice as long. We have got we've got to rip through. These no, Mary.
0: I want a more realistic tale where there are fake and real deaths,
1: <laughs> and trickery, and the Barker is in and on it. Basically, when you, think about you just the
0: body mass of a cat and the body mass of a person. Why would you get nine lives? Maybe you would only get like four and a half lives. Maybe three it's lives a, at most.
1: Maybe it's a commentary. So, did you notice that the Barker at the beginning has like the sad little boater hat, and then like oh, near yeah. the near the crossbow death scene, um, which, by the way, I feel like we. If not, we're really burying the lead on this because Yurik is standing behind this cutout of a big bear and the only hole that you can shoot him through is through his heart. And it's, it's a great. heart
0: cutout. Yeah. And he's wearing like he's wearing like a like a like a frolicking and pastoral setting, sort of like white, wide brim, like Tom Sawyer painting a fence sort of hat. Um, it's it, it's the most I think they spend the most time with his death because the Barker gets to like talk to a number of people who come forward to pay <laughs> One thousand dollars to shoot at Ulrich. <laughs> um, that's where Donkey Lips is in there, and his dad is there. And Donkey Lips is like, "I don't want to shoot the man. I don't want. I don't want." And the dad's like, "You got him, son. And people kill. Pe- you got to kill a person. Some kids kill deer. You're gonna kill a man. You're gonna kill a man. I kill people all the time. <laughs> <So laughs> I like, kill like he's like yeah.
1: I killed people every day. <laughs> yeah. Like, so
0: <laughs> so what job does he have? I mean, like I mean, you could be like you know you could be all like you know performatively woke and be like maybe he's a corrupt police officer
1: but like maybe he works for the mob <laughs> it's a fascinating it's a fascinating moment where i was like does it's he like work for exchange. like exchange <laughs> does he work for like big sugar like what's yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah maybe he's
0: just a tobacco company executive and he just has like a really a very clear-eyed look at like how is that you know <laughs> i work in steel and also bananas and really between the two people die because of my products
1: all the time, all the time. <laughs> maybe he, maybe he's a, maybe he's a um, automobile quality assurance officer who is not good at his job. He's like, yeah, yeah people, people are gonna crash in this all yeah. the time. So
0: the kid doesn't kill him. There's like this nerd who doesn't, who's skinny, uh, who doesn't kill him. The sailor doesn't have the cash, the cashola, and then, and then the the state, the state archery champion does kill Ulrich. And immediately after killing Ulrich, you see Ulrich get shot behind the the bear. And he, like, steps out with this, like, ins- like shot through the heart. Okay, we see it from the side. You see the bolt go in his chest and come out the back. But he steps out with this, like, weird, like, ecstatic, like, rapture of the deep sort of, like, look on his face. And he, like, stumbles, stumbles, stumbles. And I think, don't don't, don't they do the thing like they do in Training Day when, when Ethan Hawke takes the PCP where, like, everything slows down? it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I didn't know you got wet. W- what? You know, kind of thing. And um, immediately after shooting him, though, the archery champion is like, what do I get? <laughs> and they pull the arrow out of him with a crossbow bolt out of him and give it to him. And he's like, whoa.
1: He's real into that. That was very yeah. satisfying for him. Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean, I mean, think that Yurik would not allow himself to do a, uh, a, a fake-o death because he kind of gets off on all this
0: yeah it is it is kind of weird i don't i don't think that they yeah they don't they don't like play up too much the addictiveness of the death but like he constantly wants to die so he can have money um and he makes reference to it like all people just want me everybody wants me to die it's sort of a like self-loathing thing but i think also it's like showbiz right like i'm only i'm only interesting when i'm dying he, he well, in, in a sense, right. or he engages s- in radical self harm.
1: <laughs> radical self harm. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that's true. I also think that it's it's sort of it's a very heavy handed to like start where he's literally a homeless man on the street. Yeah, like who drinking lick,
0: himself to death. Yeah. Who will
1: lick whiskey off of his knuckles? I I kind of wondered if there was a little bit of like a you're drinking yourself into the grave kind of thing where he's replacing booze with actually dying and then resurrecting constantly
0: well and manfred remember when he says something about like he says your extra lives are worth millions you know enough to fund my research and for you to buy an ocean of alcohol
1: yeah yeah and he obviously doesn't They, they, they pretty much
0: drop that though like i mean we see him like drinking classy martinis and stuff but like ulrich's alcoholism is like like a forgotten plot point just kind of eh, it's fine
1: Maybe, it's, but maybe what I'm arguing is maybe it's replaced with this with his addiction to fame and death and money. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah,
1: um, or at least
0: you're supposed to keep this in mind. These are recurrent themes,
1: right? Like, I think, um, I think that Yurik is like kind of like a, an examination in in uh, kind of a classic a classic, uh, not particularly well thought of uh, psychological theory about like one's death drive. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like his whole his whole deal is that he's like he's constant. The, the goal of his life is to eventually one day die. And every time that he doesn't die, he gets like a little bit of a thrill to it. He gets a little bit closer to his goal and he's also escaped death mm-hmm. one more time, which I think yeah. is actually very interesting to pair that with the um kind of the spectacle spectacle of. Death. Sure. like so we, the viewer, are watching these terrible things happen and and why do people like to watch creepy movies and scary movies? Like it gets your adrenaline pumping, you know, y- you you get to watch misfortune happen to somebody else, but in a very safe space for you, that sort <laughs> of thing. And so I think that he's doing the same thing with like the kind of the concept of his own mortality, which he's always been doing, like, right? He's always <laughs> lived this very high risk lifestyle. Um, and that money doesn't really change it; it only makes it worse.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's sort of a yeah. It's like it's like the ultimate adrenaline junkie. Yeah, right. See, see if this movie if this movie was made like a uh, movie, if this episode was made like if this ten, pi- if talking picture if, if, if this yeah, if this talkie was produced fifteen years later, he would be an extreme athlete, and there'd be lots of Mountain Dew pl- product placements.
1: Probably, but like. Ulrich you...
0: on a snowboard.
1: <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like where you have, and I kind of wonder if.
0: Yeah, no, 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 the, 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 the escalating scale and the stakes. And it's kind of like how high, how high and how hard will he go? Um, the, that, the deaths do get more and more dramatic. And again, you know, they involve the, uh, uh, they, invo- they involve the audience more. Um, and then you're, then you're sort of, you think about that, but um, in terms of viewing entertainment, you want an escalating spectacle. You want. You want, you know, you want the gladiator to fight two lions next time or maybe like a lion and a bear, or you know, and and you want you want more and more and more and you want it to be like more and more like messed up or visceral or whatever. The most realistic, gory horror movie you've ever, you know, kind of thing.
1: And I guess you could say this generally about storytelling. Like, I think the point I'm about to make would be much stronger, although I would probably enjoy the the piece of media we were talking about less if it were like directed by like an Eli Roth figure like where it's like every time I do horrible terrible movie like scary movies and every time I take it just a little bit farther and you come to see my movies so that you can see something a little bit worse than what you saw in my last movie but Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's also just kind of like how how maybe storytelling and these people who deliver these stories feel about us where it's like well you know like last time last time I gave them I gave them a flying Superman but this time you know this time it's Mel Gibson and he's a trick shooter like we can continue to like continue to give us something more get you know it's just like the the escalating the ex- escalating expectations of the crowd also feed your ego and also feed your drive to deliver Mm -hmm. increasingly increasingly high risk um properties
0: yeah yeah yes yeah i don't know um I, I I actually what I thought was fascinating is your like like what would this be like if someone else had directed it, like Eli Roth. What if this was like a what if this was like a Cronenberg esque like a body horror thing? Like you have a cat gland inside of you and like then your body heals, but it's like not quite the same every time and like weird. You know this you, this could be a very different kind of horror story, um depending on who is in charge of it. I I hadn't, if I hadn't you thought wanted, about that.
1: If you wanted that to happen, what I would recommend is watching the very beginning of this episode. Um, while blind drunk, falling asleep, waking up in the middle of Videodrome, falling asleep (laughs) again, and then waking up for the final moment of Scanners. And you would probably have a pretty good approximation for what this movie would look like.
0: Cronenberg's son had a good movie, too. What's it it called? Is it called Pathology? Or Or
1: Anti-Vax,
0: Virulent or or something. Yeah. The thing about where they eat celebrities. They eat flesh that's cultured from celebrities and people want, like... Disease want like the cold sore that they saw on the celebrity's face and stuff.
1: Yeah they, they get the like bugs. they get fancy glamorous diseases from glamorous people. Yeah.
0: yeah I thought it I thought it was quite good.
1: I enjoy it too. It's a good movie. Um yeah so I, I think that I think that structurally this is um this is like a very well paired sort of thing. And I think that you know kind of these uh, these subconscious, subconscious desires and drives that that push people towards things, um, make a lot of sense with the the way he decides to kill him, like kill himself, like it's escalating, 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 and then literally when he does die, he has buried himself, like mm-hmm. which is awful decent of him. No one's gonna have to clean up anything. They'll just yeah. have to rebury. They'll just fill no, the hole they'll, back up. They'll, they'll dig
0: it back up. Yeah. Do you remember the Barker is like, when you get to hell, don't forget to write. Ha, ha, ha.
1: (laughs) Yeah, his patter is very interesting. I would love to hear him do an auction. He has that kind of delivery, but he says unbelievable things to people. I mean, like, yeah, yes, to the young lady over there who's probably going to die later tonight. Ha, ha,
0: ha. Yeah, I I, I sort of I want Barker to have a spinoff series.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Barker is our favorite.
0: Definitely. Constantly definitely. and forever. So this episode originally aired, um, I found out, with the previous two in a back-to-back-to-back format. So they they burned off half of their first season in one night, kind of putting them all together as an anthology – sort of in a – not really anthology, but like the way that an anthology horror movie would do it. Um, and uh, it's sort of interesting because I think this shows uh, – I think that probably this served to show like a tremendous range for this series. You know, only – I think only really one of these – episodes is a traditional horror slasher like when you think about tales from the crypt i think really only the all through the night episode really kind of uh caters to that to to what what immediately jumps to mind i think for most people you know you have this sort of weird neo-noir sort of thing you have a funny christmas slasher and you have a goofy cartoonish um uh, sort of meditation on death drive and spectacle um, which is it's sort of interesting. I think that it it uh, may may have spoken to the fact that they sort of had a, maybe a little bit of higher aims than what where the where the series an- actually ended up going. You know, of these episodes, only one of them has uh, a whole bunch of nudity and cussing in it. Um, the gore is, I think, pretty restrained at this point. Uh, you, you know, just, just, it's just interesting to kind of take the temperature and see what the, where they thought all of this was going to go.
1: Well, I think that, you know, and part of the reason I kind of enjoy Tales from the Crypt is, yeah, there are, like, very gory episodes and things like that. And there's stuff that makes me cringe um, in, in a way that is enjoyable. But I I think, really, it's one of those things that's it's very, it tells you that it's tasteless. And then it, sort of the hype around that is what makes it tasteless more than anything that actually happens. Mm-hmm. Like, there is excessive nudity in a lot of these episodes, but... Not, not really. I mean, like you'll you'll see a woman's breasts and then it moves on, right? Like it's not, yeah, yeah. it's not, uh, it's not like kind of like the 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 torture porn. It never goes to that place. I would oh, say. oh yeah,
0: for sure, and and certainly, and, uh, you know, you can't compare it to like modern HBO where like every episode has to have sort of requisite uh, or you know, pr- sex prerequisite. and yeah. yeah. There's like definitely sex in every episode because there can be. I'm just saying that when, when you think, I think when you think about the sort of stereotype of tales from the crypt. These three episodes are kind of surprisingly uh, are, are are not exactly what you would think of, except except maybe for the Santa one. But even then, I just I, it just seems a little bit. It's surprisingly cinematic and uh, not as um, exploitive as 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 what I think is sort of in everybody's uh, stereotypical um, assumption based on the show, which may and and based on what I remember too, even as a kid. So it'll be interesting to see kind of the episodes that I have not. You know, uh, revisited as an adult yet,
1: or um, don't remember how this sort of
0: holds up? Yeah. yeah, yeah, stuff stuff I never saw.
1: Things that will hit you differently. I mean, I do <laughs> think that the the episodes though do introduce many of the themes that we'll play with multiple, to, like over the course of this again and again and again. Right? Like just
0: gold diggers, gold diggers, gold diggers. Sure, lunatics, axes, um, the electric chair.
1: <laughs> well, and most importantly, justice. I feel like. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, f- yeah. well, I that feel like too. yes. I feel like the, the central tenet of Tales from the Crypt is, or like like you could, the, the, the Mad Libs Tales from the Crypt is, pers- person whose uh, gra- whose uh, wishes exceeds their grasp have, has the opportunity to, to cheat nature and, and or fate um, in some way or the other. It doesn't make them happy, and then poetic justice is delivered swiftly and brutally.
0: Yes, yes, and also usually that person is a grave is a, is a grave digger is a gold digger,
1: and and, and one of the thing one of the greatest crimes against nature and our fate is to be a gold digger. Yeah, don't dig um, that gold. And also, I would say that um, the other two definitely exist in like a time and a place I can I can pinpoint. This doesn't, so it does introduce us to kind of this like floaty yeah. in between space. Um, yeah, yeah. that will that we will revisit many times over the course of the tales from the crypt series
0: <laughs> just go, just go with it there's like this weird german doctor and carnival barkers <laughs> it's
1: a it's it's, it's a thing it's a Ooh, world another,
0: another thing that turns up a lot pants most of the people are wearing pants for most of this show <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just said there was so, so much nudity
0: no but there wasn't there has there's no nudity in this episode as far as i can tell even though yeah. we hear about mr friendly a couple times
1: kind of coming off that like uh like kind of the like the cruel twists of fate you know when mm-hmm. you twist fate twi- fate twists you mm-hmm. i would say also that just just be probably because of the time period and also it's so classic a lot of these things have to do with greed and like mm-hmm. what and what your sure. greed does to you so like definitely uric is a greedy man but he kind of uses his greed as an excuse to like to, to kill himself in spectacular ways in front of crowds. Like, that mm-hmm. is what he truly enjoys. The money the money is almost a side note. He, when Cora Lee robs him, he doesn't go after her. He's like, I got to do one more big show. Got to yeah, use yeah. up this last life.
0: It's almost, it's almost like the criminals where it's like, just one more job, one more big score, and then I'm out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The money is totally beside the point. Mm-hmm. But... I think that the the there is kind of a consistent and persistent theme in uh, Tales from the Crypt of like, mo money, mo problems. Like the Mm -hmm. more money you have, the more your true the true source of your unhappiness is highlighted and revealed, which for Mm -hmm. this time period makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. You're coming off the, the, the excesses of the 80s, getting into the saccharine piety of the 90s. (laughs)
1: <laughs> sacred piety
0: captain planet
1: uh, that's probably the the crimes against nature, no.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like literally, I'm going to pollute. We're entering the time period where like being a poacher is the worst thing you could possibly be. Killing endangered animals would be the wor- is the worst thing you can do in the 90s, early 90s anyway. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I think about is just, it, just, it does it does seem like, uh, and I know this exists in sort of dream realm and dream logic, but they don't seem to understand, like, what the crowd would want to see. Like, they're all bummed out when Lork doesn't come back to life, but they should just be glad that they got to see a dude get killed. Um, and well, then to also, be fair,
1: that's what they are enjoying. Well, no, that's but they what... don't.
0: Because remember when he drowns, they, like, all go out and they're just like, this is lame. He just died. It's <laughs> <Like>, really weird. <laughs> it's not, like, that's not the way that would go. Um, And then also, like, this idea that people pay tickets and then will sit for for forever? Or, like, I don't know, it just seems weird. Like, you, you, like, watch a guy get murdered and then, like, see see if you read the paper the next morning to see if he came back to life. It's just strange. It's not how, like, spectacles work.
1: Yeah, although it is – it's definitely – what it reminds me of the most is have you ever gone to, like um – have you ever gone to like a ch- like a? They're often in church basements, but they'll be around like holidays, like a Halloween, a holiday craft and. Local artisan sale, and they'll have like they'll have a raffle, and you have to hang around in case your raffle number is called. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So that you'll yes. continue to buy like people's like bun cake slices and like glasses yeah. of beer served to you out of like the cafeteria. You know, so yes. maybe it's like that. It's like, yeah, this guy's gonna be uh, waking up in about twelve hours. So why don't you have, have a the tilty door. whirl? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So maybe it's just that. It's like the, the ultimate opportunity for upsell.
0: I mean, yeah, it just—it's just weird, though. Like, it just is kind of it, like, it, it, like, like what they're doing doesn't make any sense anyway. But it like super doesn't make sense because like, it 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 can't even pretend to make sense, really.
1: So we've kind of talked about it. I do think that while well, I do think that there are cool themes at play here, and I like I like how the story is structured, I don't think it's as successful as the other two.
0: I I, I agree with you 100. percent This was my least favorite of the three we've seen which is not to say that it's bad it just wasn't as good
1: yeah do you have a rating that you would like to share with me
0: i give it three dubious feline lives up
1: oh i i was harsher than this i think that it is i think it is a worse than average tales from the crypt episode i gave it two out of five bobo Pendulette facial hairs
0: Wow, what a burn. Barker couldn't save it for you. You know, like <laughs> Resurrection. Can that become a bit on our show?
1: Resurrection! Um I mean, he does his best, but like it's not it's not really about him. I think that there are bigger themes at play here, and and honestly, I think that some of the um the cartooniness of it, I'm sure they did so that it would be less like scary and horrifying. But yeah. it kind of undercuts
0: Yeah, it totally it totally undercuts the It uh,
1: undercuts the end message. Like we should have like um we should have like a, a final like sucker punch. Like to just to have the the gravediggers ask you, the audience, if what you think you're doing is okay, is like is is pretty soft, honestly. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we should have I think I feel like at the end we should have had a scene where like they dig him up and he's dead and all the people love it anyway. Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. needed some sort of payoff. Where, like, we need something wh- that's they- a
0: little bit horrifying there at the end. Yeah.
1: We needed to, we needed to like, have, like, our, our mirror held up in our faces in sharp relief to, like, actually have it, like, effectively, like, close the loops on the stories I think it's trying to tell. And I don't think you have that.
0: I, but. I I I think you just want escalating spectacle, Mary. It's just not you know, a man suffocated to death in a coffin just isn't horrifying to you anymore because of all the violent video games and uh, YouTube you watch. It's so.
1: all that Fortnite I'm playing. And that's I'm right. like, can't that's he do a funny dance? <laughs>
0: <laughs> can this guy floss? <laughs> but can Ulrich floss?
1: Can you floss?
0: I uh, no because I think everybody who's above the age of like like seventeen is is physically incapable of flossing.
1: I feel like intellectually, once you start
0: once you start worrying about having like a four hundred one k or like healthcare benefits, can't floss anymore.
1: I feel like intellectually I could floss, like I know I know how it's done. I just don't know if I could actually do it.
0: You know what I feel like? I feel like this would be a great, this would be a great little video for you to make and attach a sh- to the show notes for this episode. Um, me
1: flossing, the, me, 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 intellectually explaining to you how no, to no, floss.
0: You, no, you. I'm like tempting to floss. I'm
1: like rock your arms side to side, and then sometimes tuck the arm behind your body. <laughs> Yeah, like, no, I think uh, I
0: think you should you should show how easy plus. what what an easy time you have doing this. I, and, I uh, said, I said it would not be crypt, easy to I do. I think Crypt Creeper Nation would love to see that.
1: <laughs> what I'm saying is that it's easy to explain, not easy to do.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, great. Well, do you want to give people uh, a taste of what's coming up next?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Next time we have a blood-curdling tale, which hits the TFTC triad: murder, gold diggers, and punny titles. So stay tuned for Episode 4 of Season 1, Only Sin Deep.
1: Ooh. As always, you can um, support Tales from the Crypt, support uh, Dick Donner, and then also support us by visiting our Amazon-affiliated link and purchasing the DVDs so you can follow along this uh, this happy murder train ride.
0: Thanks for listening to Crypt Creepers. Please check us out on Apple Podcast Stitcher or the platform of your choice to subscribe, rate, and review us. Be sure to visit outrageousmechanisms.com slash Creepers to see our show notes and find other excellent podcasts.
1: Till next time, kitties. Don't let the things that go bump in the night make you a sour puss. You're probably just dealing with some paranormal normal captivity. <laughs> <laughs> An Outrageous, An mechanisms, outrageous production. mechanisms Production.